Good evening and welcome to my podcast. I am Naida Alvarado, your podcast host, encouraging others via faith. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited about today's show because I am starting a new study based on a book that is called The Flirtation Experiment by Lisa Jacobson and Felicia Masonheimer. And uh, this book, um, it's amazing. On the bottom, it says, Putting Magic, Mystery, and Spark into Your Everyday Marriage. Let me tell you about this book. I had a chance to review this book before it came out. And um, I was so happy that I was chosen to uh, do the review on this book because of the title of it. And because, of course, I'm a married woman and... um, whatever helps to spice up my marriage i'm there i've been married for 35 years to an amazing man and um i'm not going to tell you so it's been easy because i would sit here and lie um marriage is not easy it takes two and marriage is not a 50 50. marriage is 100 from each of you um in order for it to work because if you're only 50 50 what's what's happening to the other 50. You're only putting 50 and your spouse is putting 50, but what about your other 50? What about his other 50? So it's 100% in on each side. It, it's hard work. You have to um, put up with um, each other. You have to help each other balance and just understand each other and walk through that marriage journey together hand in hand. Um, it doesn't help if you're gonna uh, get mad at your spouse for days and um, same thing for him and trying not to work things out. Listen, one of the things that I've learned throughout the years being married for 35 years is that you must have communication and trust. If you don't have trust and communication in a marriage, it's really hard to get through it. That's why um, the status uh, for marriage divorces is so high, high nowadays because people just, instead of trying, they give up. And one of the things that I tell you, if you are having a hard time communicating to your spouse, now is the time to begin and start. And the way that you start to communicate with your spouse is by sitting down and talking out your problems, um, letting your spouse know what are the things that um, that uh, hurt you or um, what are the things that you guys can change together, you know? One of the things that I encourage um, married couples is, especially those that have been married for a long time, is to bring um, spice to your marriage. Go out on a date. Listen, dial yourself up, put on some cute heels and do your hair, makeup, and put on a, a, a cute little dress and go out with your man and enjoy him. You know, go out to eat, watch a movie, go for a walk, whatever, um, you know, and um Make sure that you are telling your husband that you love him often and, you know, caress him, you know, grab him by the face and kiss him, you know, and touch him and and tell him how handsome he is and how happy he makes you feel. Listen, loving somebody is a choice. You, You choose to love somebody. And if you choose to love somebody, you have to nurture that love for that love to grow and to stay um, continuously growing and going from leap to leap and glory to glory. Because 
if you don't nourish it. What happens when you buy a plant and you say, oh, I bought this plant because it's so beautiful, but then you bring it home and you don't water it for weeks and months. And then the, the, the poor thing dies because you didn't nurture it. You didn't take care of it. You didn't give it what it needed. You didn't give it proper soil. You did not make sure um, it was, you know, you, you didn't water it. I, I mean, seriously. So you have to water your marriage with all the tools that you get with communication, with trust, um, expression, words of affirmation, gifts, you know, intimacy. Intimacy doesn't always mean sexual intercourse. Intimacy can be sitting down on a comfy couch with a cup of tea or hot cocoa, whatever, and you sit down and you, you talk about your day. Hey, babe, how did your day go? I often text my husband during the day, hey, how's your day going? And he'll share with me, oh, it's going okay. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad, you know, you're having a great day, whatever. You know, and he'll text me and he say, hey, baby, what you doing? And I tell him, you know, and, and that's how we keep it going, you know, um, and we still go out on dates. We still go out to eat. Sometimes we'll go watch a movie and sometimes we'll just watch a movie here. And let me tell you, my husband and I will sit, we'll lay next to each other and we'll watch a, a, a stupid little show and we'll laugh together. And sometimes while we're laying there in bed, we're holding hands. Yes, we do. We hold hands and call it corny. But that's the reason why marriages back then lasted for years because the romance was kept alive. There was honor and respect on each side of of the person and that's why marriages lasted because people said i do till death do us part i'll do but if it doesn't work out um i'll you know we'll get divorced a year or two or six months down the line no i don't think so that's not the way it works you made a vow not only before man but you made a vow before god and god holds the marriage covenant very serious so for those that think that uh you know uh a divorce uh, paper is a way out, you know, in case things don't work out. Think about it twice before you get married. If you're, if you think that uh, you're, you don't see yourself long haul with this person, then don't even bother, you know. And I'm not saying give up on this person, but you have to be thinking seriously. Marriage is a serious thing. It's not a walk in the park. It's not easy. And like I said, it takes a hundred percent on each side for it to work. So with that being said, I would like to start. Um, reading this amazing book, which I'm already halfway through because like I said, I was reviewing it. So let's begin. And, um, while I, uh, get onto the first page, um, you can purchase the book on Amazon and you can also buy the workbook, uh, which is, uh, the flirtation experiment workbook. 30 Acts to Adding Magic, Mystery, and Spark to Your Everyday Marriage. So, I'm going to begin by reading the preface on the book. And the first preface is by Felicia Masonheimer. Funny that it all began with a Hallmark movie. It was a little before our fifth anniversary at the height of those Hallmark Christmas movie marathons. My husband, Josh, was working long hours as an operations manager for a commercial restoration company. I was working from home during the day and watching our two little girls ages four and two. This particular night, he was away at a hockey game while I sat on the couch. A pint of mint 
chip ice cream as my companion. I'm not the kind of woman who bases her life on Hallmark movies. I prefer the power of true stories to predictable romances. I don't read romance novels and chick flicks are an every once in a while relaxation for me. But this particular night, something in this cheesy movie grabbed my attention. The love story played out and I noticed the tension. The playfulness, the suspenseful, does he like me? Feelings I remember from when my own dating days. Then of course, there was a surprise kiss, the coy conversation, and the flirtatious look across the room that only he was meant to see. I stopped paying attention to the plot, wondering why do so many of these things end up when people get married or end when people get married? My marriage was not in crisis. We, like many young couples, were just busy with work, kids, and social commitments. Even with our monthly dates, marriage counseling, and dance lessons, neither of us felt truly fulfilled. Our daily interaction looked more like a meeting between co-workers than two lovers in the kitchen. I wanted the romance. I missed the mystery and fun of flirting with my boyfriend, and I was determined to put passion back in our relationship as far as I was able. I'm not alone in desiring a more romantic marriage. 59% of romance novel readers are coupled aged 30 to 54. This begs the question, why are women in relationships seeking a romantic high from something outside the relationship? Probably because there's not much going on inside it. Now, there are certainly two people in every marriage, both with the responsibility to pursue the other. Cultivating romance doesn't let husbands off the hook. What I recognized was this. I couldn't change Josh or make him more romantic, but I could take steps to be more romantic myself. I could set an example of pursuit. This required some reframing of pursuit in my mind. In conservative Christianity, two words come with loads of baggage, pursuit and flirtation. Particularly for those acquainted with purity culture, these words contain a plethora of assumptions and expectations. Hmm. The assumption among some believers is that pursuit is a man's job. The complementarian belief is that the man or rather husband, is the spiritual leader. Some teachers expand this biblical ethic to include traditional cultural norms, arguing that that because men are leaders, only men can show romantic interests. Only the man can ask a woman out, not vice versa. Only men initiate sex in marriage, and so on. But, is this really what we see in scripture? Are the distinct roles of men and women so limiting that women cannot even express romantic desire or passion for the men in their lives? Song of Solomon indicates otherwise. I am my beloved. 
and his desire is towards me. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish, whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranates bud forth. There I will give thee my loves. The mandrakes gave us smell, and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. 7.10.13 This is from the book of Solomon. The wife in Song of Solomon even dreamed of pursuing her lover. Let me grab my my cup of hot chocolate as I read. On my bed by night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I will rise now and go about the city, in the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about in the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? In the New Testament, Paul indicated the mutual nature of desire, in this case sexual, by commanding both husbands and wives not to deny each other without mutual consent. 1 Corinthians 7.5 Expanding beyond erotic love, we can look at 1 Corinthians 13 for a foundation of biblical love. This famous passage, so often quoted at weddings, tells us that love is patient and kind, not envious or rude. Love perseveres. It bears all things. In other words, loving other people is intentional. It's not an attitude of passivity, sitting on one's hands waiting to respond. It's active, and these commands to love apply to both men and women, particularly to those married to each other. Active love looks many ways. The 1 Corinthians 13 list is a great foundation. In marriage, this love gets to be even more specific and, dare I say, spicy. There is mystery in the chemistry of man and woman, something Solomon himself observed. There are four things that are too mysterious for me to understand. An eagle flying in the sky, a snake moving on a rock, a ship finding its way over the sea, and a man and a woman falling in love. Proverbs 30, 18 through 19. Love is a choice and an action. But what about that initial infatuation? It plays a part as well. Combining the intentionality of biblical love with the passion and mystery of falling in love is powerful. And then there is flirtation. In my conservative ten, teen years, this was a cardinal sin. Girls wonder whether flirtation was okay, what it looked like, and whether or not their friends' actions towards boys qualified as flirting or just friendliness. Flirtation, I was taught, is inherently deceitful and insincere. But is that true? Once I started dating, 
these regulations on flirtation became a heavy burden to bear. I debated whether I could show interest, and if so, how much? Where was the line for a godly woman who just plain liked a guy? As I dug deeper into the word, I couldn't find a solid case against flirtation when it was expressed to a person you genuinely wanted to date. There was nothing dishonest or unladylike about expressing interest in a man. And as I raked through the history on relationships and dating, I discovered that a woman's initiation was more accepted and normal than courtship cultural culture would have me believe. Scripture is actually very open to the idea of female pursuit in marriage. Since love reciprocates and initiates, it makes perfect sense for a wife to cultivate the chemistry she wants to see in her marriage. So I got busy. I made a list of 30 ways I could flirt with my husband, ways I could pursue him intentionally. I took ideas from the Hallmark movie, but I also combed blog posts and articles from both secular and Christian sources. I read psychological journals on attraction and sexuality. What actions and attitudes encourage that spark in young relationships? That's what I wanted to know, and that's what I wrote down. 30 items in hand. I started right away. I called it the flirtation experiment. The first few days were hard. I was completely out of my comfort zone. I was nervous about appearing silly or out of character and was concerned that Josh would be puzzled by my behavior. And who could blame him? The experiment required me to say and do things I wouldn't typically do. But the only way to inject romance was to go all in. The first day, I sidled up to him at the kitchen, sink and snaked an arm around his shoulders. Your muscles are so strong, you could probably lift the Empire State Building, I said sensuously, throwing up in my mouth as I did or or throwing up in my mouth as I did <laughs> he was surprised then he laughed he made a coy joke in return and kissed me as he left for work I sighed in relief oh, it was over I almost failed to notice his response the next day the kiss before work was longer than normal mmm Rather than our usual pack, I pulled him in for longer. One day, three. I was still uncomfortable and nervous. So I gave myself a little break by sending something via text. I made him a personalized playlist of songs and played it during dinner. The first week of experiments was all like this. Tiny changes in words, body language, and attention that took a little effort and discomfort on my part at the beginning. But on day seven, I noted on my phone. Notice his attitude has changed. He brought me wine as a surprise. 
He takes an interest in my work. He asks about my day, possibly because he knows he will get a playful response. The next day, I wrote a further observation. Noticing that we tease as much as we used to, but the motive to the teasing has changed. It comes from a complimentary place, whereas it used to have a negative undertone. Teasing about weaknesses or making fun of one another in front of others. Flirtatious teasing always has a positive angle because you are appealing to the other person's emotions. As As the experiment continued, it became easier and easier to implement. Trust was growing. I was feeling more fulfilled. And so was he. I wasn't the only one initiating romance. I was being romanced as well. The flirtation experiment was working. Fascinated by what was happening in me and my marriage, I told my friend Lisa, married 27 years compared to my five, what had occurred. She was intrigued and we began talking about how this experiment could work for other women, women of all personalities, ages, and marriages. Would the steps I took work just as well for an introvert wife, an extrovert husband like Lisa's relationship, or for a couple who'd been married longer? Lisa shared that she had tried similar flirtatious experiments in her own marriage and enjoyed similar results. Intentional pursuit looked a little different in her relationship and stage of life, but it still led to deeper intimacy and romance we both craved. Some of the things Lisa and I did with the experiments aren't all that revolutionary, but intention and consistency made them powerful. Having the structure and freedom of a 30-day experiment helped me feel as if I knew the next step, but I also wasn't trapped into something for more than one short month. I took the steps day by day, and day by day my marriage grew sweeter. Lisa and I have a heart for thriving Christian marriages. We firmly believe that marriage is meant to make us holy, but holiness also includes joy. A godly marriage will also be a happy marriage. And it's okay for Christians to desire both. In 1 Timothy 6.6, Paul wrote that godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment is a hard attitude that does not strive for more than what it has. A content marriage is a happy marriage, a marriage brimming with fulfillment. Godliness and happiness aren't at two ends of the biblical spectrum. They go hand in hand because we serve a God who is both righteousness and joy. This experiment proved to satisfy our desire to pursue our husbands the way God intends, to live out a love that is creative and close, intimate, romantic, and everything those fictional books and movies promise is real. It's a way to put magic back into an otherwise everyday marriage 
and provides a structure to practice the powerful habits of affection, admiration, and affirmation. Through these next 30 chapters, we give you some tangible examples of pursuit that you can use to bring holy happiness, mystery, and romance to your own marriage. We share what we did, how we felt about it, the barriers we had to overcome, and how our husbands responded to our flirtation. You can follow what we did, or you can create your own experiments inspired by each chapter's theme. We also discuss the biblical precedents for the flirtation experiment we chose to do. Our hope is for your flirtation experiment to be more than a return to the excitement of your dating years. We pray it holds transformation for your heart and your husband's heart. May the power of pursuing love and the fun of flirting with your man be the beginning of something truly beautiful for you. Well, well. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to try some of these experiments. And let me tell you, I did try some of these um, uh, experiments that they tried on their husbands, on my husband. And I got a great response as well. So now I'm going to go ahead and um, read the introduction um, by Felicia. And it says, before we begin. Felicia, hello, sweet friends. You've never had an invitation quite like this one. Lisa and I invite you to take a personal real-time look at how we invest in our marriages. You won't find big promises on how to affair-proof your marriage or guarantees about learning to speak his language. In truth, we don't desire to tell you what to do at all, but we are genuinely excited to share with you what we did and what happened in our marriages. Where exactly did the flirtation experiment lead? What started out as a desire to rekindle romance and closeness grew into something deeply profound and far more beautiful than we had anticipated. Not beautiful in the sense of everything turning out perfectly, which it never does, but genuinely beautiful in how our loving God did a work in our hearts. We women who believe the Bible doesn't merely tolerate but actually encourages wives to embrace their desire for romance and the more luminous aspects of physical love. Longing for our husband's romantic attention isn't only permitted in the word, it's applauded by the one who created every starry night. Far from suppressing our true natures, the pages of the sacred text and live in a woman's desire to be desired by her husband. Is this book for you? I've been married for seven years, Lisa for nearly 30. We are are at different stages of our marriage and naturally have diverse pressures and priorities in many aspects of our life. What does a flirtation experiment mean to a young couple or to one who is a little more seasoned? Whether you're soon to be married seven years in or veteran wife of decades it doesn't matter if you have a functional marriage but live with the sense that there may be a deeper richer married life waiting for you we are eager to share with you and we sincerely hope this honest window into our marriages affirms in you god's best intentions for your own relationship 
We also hope you will discover the freedom to be courageously proactive, empowered to act where you might have been less inclined or thought. That's not what Christian wives are supposed to do. This book is for women interested in the full biblical measure of their expression as women and as wives' unique creation, creations of God without the baggage and restraints of religion. It's for healthy Christian wives who thirst for more passion in their everyday relationships and could benefit from ideas on how to embark boldly on the journey. We share our lives and experiences so that you, too, might find genuine empowerment and embrace your true liberty in the power of pursuit, enjoying the full measure of what God intended for your marriage. <clears throat> the flirtation experiment is a way to bring back magic, mystery, and excitement into our healthy but sometimes com complacent marriages and a bonus to make the surprising discovery of a spiritual depth and substance that God intends in married love. How to customize the experiment to your marriage. Josh and I have three children under the age of five. Matt and Lisa have eight children, their youngest 15. We wrote this book together, representing two very different life stages. As you read through the experiments, you'll realize you don't have to do exactly what we did. Of course, you can, but every marriage relationship is unique. Using the principles you find here, why not custom design experiments of your own that fit your particular circumstances? And don't be bound by the format we follow. If you think your marriage needs it, why not spend a week or even a month on a specific thing? What if he doesn't change? Change can happen, but before you can start, you can choose not to be discouraged if it doesn't. The ideas in this book are springboard or a springboard, not a silver bullet to make everything perfect. Every husband is different, is, is a different personality. Every marriage has its own story. Before you begin, remind yourself that the flirtation experiment is, experiment is more about you than it is about changing your husband. He may not respond right away. You may need to seek counseling or biblical marriage coach, co coaching as the experiment reveals areas of growth in your own hearts. There is no shame in seeking help to nurture your relationship's growth in strength and in intimacy. Very important who this book is not for. The flirtation experiment is not intended as a fix for abusive, manipulative, simple husbands or as a track of biblical, biblical proofs text as to why the Christian wife should persevere in a destructive relationship. We reject the idea that more sex attention serving and dogged submissive will change a simple man who is abusing his wife. Are you struggling with a spouse who gaslights, manipulates, or otherwise seriously mistreats you? Are you in a situation that requires legal protection? Are you in a toxic abusive relationship? Please don't look to this book as holding a possible answer. In fact, don't read this book at all. Seek professional, wise, biblical help and protection. And that brings um, the introduction of this book, The Flirtation Experiment, to an end. The next week, we will be reading Chapter 1, Affection.
So ladies, I will be doing the workbook and there will be a separate section after this podcast for the workbook uh, questions and answers. So I'll be tuning in soon. Welcome back. Okay, so once again, I'm Naida, your podcast host of Encouraging Via Faith, Words of Faith. And we are continuing the flirtation experiment. And this is the workbook. So we are at the stage of before we begin, which is the preface and introduction. And let me read the opening uh, uh, paragraph. Welcome to the flirtation experiment. We are so grateful that you are here. Whatever you might be feeling and thinking right now, just know that you are so welcome on this journey with us. The flirtation experiment changed and challenged our marriages in ways that we didn't know were possible. But we're so grateful that we gave it a chance. We're hoping that this workbook will help you record your thoughts throughout the experiment. Use the sections that help you and challenge you. Some sections are meant to help you plan out your experiments. Others are meant to help you recollect on them. If anything feels like extra work, leave it out. Let's start off with a question about spark, mystery, romance, and flirting. Felicia asked in the preface, why do so many of these things end when people get married? Why do those things end when we get married? Have they ended or changed for you? So, if we turned over to the following page, the flirtation experiment workbook, the first question on the top says, what do you think? And right here, you are going to write, what do you think about this experiment? And what I wrote is that, I think that this book is an excellent resource to help married women bring life to their marriage, spruce up romance, and refresh our love for our husbands. All right, before we begin, three experiment questions. Welcome to the flirtation experiment. Let's answer a few more questions, complete an overview of your marriage, and then discuss the setup of the workbook. Right in a Christian marriage, who is the pursuer? According to Christian marriage, they say that the pursuer is the man, which we discovered that that is not always true. Read and then number two, read these verses from the Song of Solomon. If you go to Song of Solomon, Solomon 7 11 uh, to 13, um, and it goes like this Come, my beloved. Let us go forth to the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine has budded, whether the grape blossoms are open and the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. The mandrakes give off a fragrance, and at our gates are ple- and our gates are pleasant fruits, all manner new and old, which I have laid up for you, my beloved. Song of Solomon 7 verses 11 to 13. So who is speaking? King Solomon or his lover? 
And on this one is his lover speaking. Number three, grab a Bible and look up Song of Solomon 7:10. Cast yourself in the role of the speaker. What would it be like to say those things to your husband? So right here, you are going to write what you would say to your husband, okay? Or what would it be to say that to your husband? I wrote mine, personal, and uh, I said, for for me, it would be amazing because I have mentioned these this to my husband, but not in these same words. So I'm really excited to go from a dis uh, try from a dis different perspective. Okay, number four. What were what were you taught about flirtation as a teenager? Do you remember specific conversations with your parents, friends, or pastors about the topic? Well, I don't remember having uh, conversations with my parents about this or a pastor, but I do remember talking about it with friends, possibly my cousins when we were growing up. And I might have heard adults saying that, you know, that uh, flirting could lead to other things. So that's what I remember. All right. Number five, what are your initial feelings about the idea of flirting more with your husband? I don't know about you, but that to me is thrilling. It, it is exciting. So right here, you're going to circle where you think you are at at the line chart below, even if you're in two or three places at once. And then write about why you think you feel that way. And number six, would you say that you are that you already flirt with your husband? That he flirts with you? Do you believe that your marriage might be might benefit from even more of these kinds of playful interactions? I personally, I flirt with my husband and he flirts with me. I would say that I would definitely benefit from more of these kinds of playful interactions. So I'm looking forward to more of this. Okay, number seven. What are your expectations about flirting more with your husband? What are you hoping for? What's the best thing that could happen? Do you think he'll be quick to respond to your efforts or slow to respond to them? My expectations are to get my husband to flirt back uh, with me more often. I'm hoping that our relationship will go get closer and that he will be quick to respond, which I have no problem with that because he is a quick responder. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what, what this uh, marriage experiment continues to do in my marriage. All right. The, la the last page, or actually the second to the last page, pages, uh, marriage overview. So... Um, number one, how long have you been married and when is your anniversary? So I already mentioned in um, the podcast that I've been married for 35 years and actually my anniversary is coming up next year in April. Number two, do you have any children? How old are they and what are their names? This one I'm going to keep private. Um, I am going to say I do have four children and I do have... Uh, three, uh, two adults, one young adult, and one teenager. But I will not uh, mention their names for the sake of privacy. And you could write that on number two. Number three, 
um, your own information, obviously. Number three, who works where? So my husband and myself, um, we work outside the home. Um, when I was, when my kids were younger, I did, I was a, a stay-at-home mom for a lot of, of the time. I worked very, very little. I worked part-time. And most of the time I was the one home with the kids and my husband was the one that would work outside the home. But now that my kids are older, we both work outside the home. And number four, is there anything else that you think is pertinent to include about your marriage, especially if you're doing the study with a group? So we're kind of like doing a study with a group, even though we might not see each other. But anytime anybody comes in and listens to this podcast and um, there might be numerous uh, women listening to it at the same time. So for me, I feel like we are doing it in a group. We're just not meeting each other. So um, I... Uh, in this uh, four, you would write what would be pertinent to include about your marriage. And this is something personal. So I'm also not going to include that in this uh, number four. All right. And then um, the workbook setup. It says the goal of the workbook is to help you customize the flirtation experiment to your marriage. Read through the table of contents, which experiments uh, titles stick out to you. So if you go and read and read the, the uh, table of contents, you're going to write on that space what titles of the experiment stuck out to you. Write them down on that space. All right. The workbook has six sections and each section is or a session and each session is made up of five separate experiments. The workbook follows the same order as the flotation experiment book. The workbook space dedicated to each experiment has a recap of the chapter, a spot for brainstorming your own experiment and some wrap up questions that will help you reflect on how your experiment went. A brief note about the visual tracker below. Some women find tools like this tracker helpful. Others might feel more neutral about using a tool like this. And if for some women, stick, sticking a number down on a line to describe their marriages will feel like nothing but failure tracker. If this is you, don't use the tool. Find another way to describe your thoughts, feelings, and process throughout the flirtation experiment. At the end of each session, you'll find the following visual tracker. So the visual tracker, it says on a scale, on these scales, one is never, five is sometimes, and ten is always. So the first one, it says intentional. I take specific actions to strengthen our marriage and show him that I love him. And then you would answer between one and ten. And one never being never, ten being always. Number uh, the next one is faithful. Am I a safe place for him? Do I do not mock him or call him names? He can tell me things that can be confident that I won't tell any everyone else. And then the next one is hopeful. I am grateful for the past and I see redemption in it. Even in the difficult things, I am excited about our future together. The next one is joyful. We do more together than just the necessities. We create time for each other and we laugh together. And then the last one, com, uh, covenantal, covenantal. I am confident that through God's grace, we will uphold our marriage covenant. Okay, go ahead and fill in the tracker and where you think your marriage is at right now. You can check back in and in with it as you progress through the experiments. At the end of the book, you'll find an appendix with questions for your husband. Check out the appendix for more information about how to use it. And let's get started. So, 
and the next uh, time we will be going over session one which is love rejoices affection passion playfulness kindness desire and this will go um, over chapters one through five so uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing uh, a chapter or two at a time or one chapter at a time but I will figure it out as I go it looks like chapter one is uh, kind of short so I might do chapter one and two so we'll see so ladies have a good night thank you so much for tuning in I'm really excited and looking forward to hearing um, everybody's experiences you can shoot me an email at encouraging underscore words at hotmail.com and uh, leave questions or just share your experiences um, as we go along this new uh, uh, book, The Flirtation Experiment. God bless you. Have a good night. And until next time, I am Naida, your podcast host. And you have a good evening. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.